This message was recorded at World Changes Church Gold Coast. It is our hope and mission that you further your understanding of grace and are empowered for change. Thanks, girl. Amen. 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 <laughs> All right. Get organized here. Well, thank you, World Changers Church and Pastor Tina and Kyle for having me. It's uh, an absolute honor. All right. I thank you all for, for standing to honor the Father and to honor the Word of God. Amen. Um, I just want to thank you, Father. I thank you, Father, for speaking through me. And I thank you, Father, for ministering a greater revelation of grace to the hearers. God, you are so good. We give you all the praise and glory. So like Pastor Tina said, I am Rebecca Fenske. I am the director of Karis Bible College Gold Coast. Amen. We are blessed to be here, absolutely blessed. And today I'm going to talk to you about practical living in grace. Now just to recap, you know, Pastor Kyle has been sharing on sonship and it's not about who you say you are, but who God says you are because of Jesus. Amen? So we need to stop. What that means is we need to stop viewing and living our lives through our own filters, our own philosophies. And we need to live life, live and move and have our being through the filter of the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Pastor Kyle and Pastor Tina have an incredible revelation of grace with which they share with you guys every week. And um, when I was preparing for this message and really seeking the Lord, you know, God just just kept putting on my heart, putting on my heart, okay, you need to talk about grace again. I'm like, all right, Lord. <laughs> but I want to look at grace from a bit of a different angle. From last Sunday's table talk, uh, for those of you that tuned in, that was awesome, and it was a blessing to be a part of that, amen? Awesome. And Pastor Kyle asked the question, he said, you know, the grace of God covers all sin, right? Past, present, future, it's all covered, we know this, and we, 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 we live it, we love it, we thank God for it. But even though this is biblical truth, why can't we go on living however we want because grace covers it? So I want to look at um, Titus 2, 11 to 12 this morning. This is going to be my key verse for this morning. In the King James Version, the word says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. In the Amplified, the word says, for the remarkable undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly, immoral desires, to live sensible, upright and godly lives, lives with a purpose that reflects spiritual maturity in this present age. So the grace of God compels us 
to live holy lives. It actually teaches us to live holy. Now, have you ever thought of grace in that way? Have you ever thought of grace as your teacher? Have you ever thought of grace as your guide for life? The same scripture in Titus in the Message Bible, it says, by the grace of God, we are being shown. Grace is showing us how to turn our backs on godless, indulgent life and how to take on a God-filled, God-honoring life. Grace. So what is grace? I heard one minister at Karis Bible College um, in Colorado when we were there one time say, grace, a.k.a. Jesus. Grace, also known as Jesus. And he went so far as to say, just take every word, every word in the Bible, every word that says grace, and just replace it with the name of Jesus. We know that grace is the unearned, unmerited, undeserved favor of God, right? We all know that. We did nothing to deserve it, nothing to earn it. It's all because of Jesus, and we praise God for it. But one definition that's, uh, that we can look at today on a, just a bit of a different side is grace is also defined in Strong's as the divine influence on the heart and the reflection in life. Okay? So we must have a true revelation of grace that impacts the very core of our being that causes us and causes our lives to be a reflection of Jesus. Like it, like it says in Titus, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. We have the grace to do it. Acts 11.23 says, The grace of God causes us to cleave unto the Lord with purpose of heart. That's in the King James Version. To cleave unto the Lord with purpose of heart. What does cleave unto mean? It means to adhere to, to stick to, to be with intimately. It means to continue with or in. It means to persevere with or in. So what else is grace? I'm going to share just a few scriptures with you. We don't have to, we're not going to read them all together, but you can write them down and meditate on, on this word in your time with the Lord. In Ephesians 4 and 7, says, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Ephesians 2.8 says, we should all know this one, his grace through our faith saved us and it is his gift to us. So grace is a gift, amen? But I want you to ask yourself, is grace a gift for you to keep for yourself? Matthew 10, 8 says, freely you have received, freely give. So what else is grace? 1 Corinthians 3, 10 says, his grace given to us causes us to build with wisdom. 2 Corinthians 9, 8 says, all grace abounds to us so we can abound to every good work. And Ephesians 4.29 says we're ministers of grace by our words and actions. Grace causes us to step into action, guys. 
It causes us to build with wisdom, abound unto every good work, and minister the gospel. It's a divine influence on the heart and a reflection in our lives. So what does the practical application of grace look like? Like I said, grace is a revelation in our hearts and a reflection in our lives. So people should notice it in action, right? (laughs) What does that mean? What does that mean? It means you need to walk it out. It means there is a doing of grace. Ephesians 2.10 in the King James Version says, we can uh, look there, Ephesians 2 verse 10 in King James Version. If you don't have it, just can put it up in whatever version you have. (laughs) For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. You were created in Christ Jesus unto good works that you should walk in them. In Luke 6, 46, Jesus says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not practice what I tell you? We need, guys, to be practicing what he told us. We need to be doing the things he told us to do. So this week we've had the Commonwealth, or this two weeks we've had the Commonwealth Games going on here in the Gold Coast. And praise God, it's been so quiet around. We're all like, this traffic is amazing. (laughs) But anyway, um, just think about the athletes. Think about the athletes, you know, that you've watched or seen or, I mean, everyone knows about athletes, right? Athletes live with one goal in mind, right? So if any of you have listened to interviews this week with any of the athletes, you've probably heard in those interviews the things they've given up the relationships they've sacrificed, the discipline, the dedication, the time, the commitment, you know, everything, their whole existence has revolved around their goal, their mission. I want you to um, turn with me to 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. Let me read it out of the Amplified. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 27. So do you not know that in a race all the runners run, their very best to win? But only one receives the prize. Run your race in such a way that you may seize the prize and make it yours. Now every athlete who goes into training and competes in the games is disciplined and exercises self-control in all things. They do it to win a crown that withers, but we do it to receive an imperishable crown that cannot wither. Therefore, I do not run without a definite goal. I do not flail around like one beating the air, just shadow boxing, but like a boxer. I strictly discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached the gospel to others, I may not somehow be disqualified as unfit for service. A revelation of the heart, 
and a reflection in our life. So do, do athletes just talk about their goals without any action? Do they sit on the couch and eat chips expecting to win Olympic gold? I have a vision to win Olympic gold. I'm just going to sit here because I believe it's going to just fall in my lap and happen. I'm just going to do what I, I just feel like sitting on the couch. So, but, you know, it'll, it'll happen. Praise God. <laughs> no. Do they just go with the flow? No, they don't. Um, a great man of God that we love and respect and the founder of Karis Bible College and Andrew Womack Ministries, Andrew Womack, he said, even a dead fish can float downstream. <laughs> you know, athletes have been given the opportunity to compete and dedicate their lives to winning the prize, right? We as the body of Christ, we've been given the grace of God. Are we dedicating our lives to the mission that grace has provided? Yes, grace has been revealed. It's been made available and provided. It covers all. But what are you doing? What action are you taking to appropriate or apply that grace in your life, that grace that has been provided? You know, let's look back at Luke 6.46, where Jesus said, and why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? Those are the words of Jesus. Right now I'm reading a book um, by Francis and Lisa, Lisa Chan called You and Me Forever. It's an awesome book. And in that book, they share an analogy of uh, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 and 27, Paul's analogy of, of training. This is powerful, so I just want to quote, quote this for you. You may have to pull extra weight, and you may have to work even harder. But when you are in the race with the goal fixed in your mind, you do whatever it takes. Because even though it's unfair, even though it stinks, a true believer is not about to throw in the towel and lose. Others may or may not be able to spot the weaker link. And you probably won't get the earthly credit for your additional effort. But you want to know you did everything you could to get to the finish line. Man, that was powerful for me. A powerful illustration of grace in action. If we're being completely honest, most of us would probably admit many times that we don't want to have to put any effort into our relationship with Christ. You know, we don't, we don't want to walk all that way. We just want to piggyback. I mean, we actually don't even want to piggyback. We want to, like, be carried in a litter. You know, like those, um, a litter is like one of those, you know, like Prince Ali with the four people on the poles, and they're, like, in the in the, you know, thing with all the pillows and they're being fed all the goodies and getting their feet rubbed and getting like the cold towel. <laughs> I mean, that's what we want, really. Like if we're honest with ourselves, right? Most of the time, that's what, that's what we want. We don't want to put in the training that we need to keep our lives focused on the mission because it's hard. And sometimes it sucks, to be honest. But how else will your life's mission happen? Like Pastor Tina said, you were created with a specific purpose in mind. God has you on a mission. 
1 Timothy 4, 6-9 talks about us having to exercise unto godliness. Guys, spiritual muscles have to be continually exercised. Spiritual muscles have to be continually exercised. And your heart for the things of God has to be continually stimulated. It takes time and effort. It's life dedication effort. Walking out grace takes continual work. Philippians 2.12 says we have to work out our own salvation. But it doesn't say we work for it. It says we work it out. So what's the mission? What is the mission of grace? It's to make disciples. That's the mission of grace. To live holy so as to make disciples of Jesus Christ. No matter what capacity, what purpose God has called you to, you are called to make disciples in whatever area of life he has called you to. You know, the mission is far more appealing than the status quo. My life, my life, our life can testify. I've sometimes been tempted to pursue the ordinary life. There's moments I just want to be selfish and not have to think so hard about what God wants. <laughs> but it's too late. It's too late for me. Once you've experienced true life, there's no going back. There's no going back. No matter what. So, so how do we practically apply grace? Hebrews 12 and 1 says, Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that entangles us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Let us take action. So just think again of an athlete. Okay, Olympic level athletes. I mean, we've seen it in the, in the Commonwealth Games too, but they literally wear their underwear in front of millions of people. Because, <laughs> right? Because they don't want to be hindered by anything. They want to have no hindrances at all. No like excess bulk, the slightest little bulk, the slightest little wrinkle could slow them down. Right? So they get rid of absolutely every unnecessary obstacle. So you got to ask yourself, what's, what's hindering me right now? What's holding me back? What's entangling and making it impossible for me to run the grace race well? And guys, these hindrances aren't always necessarily sins. I mean, instantly, you know, most of our religious minds will go, oh, okay, she's asking me to look at all the sins in my life again. No, it's, it's not. It's not the sins necessarily. There may be good things in your life that you've placed too much value on, that you're focusing too much on, that, that's distracting you from your God-appointed purpose and mission. Every, we've heard it quoted many times by many teachers in the scope of the body of Christ, but everything good is not God for you, you know? Every good opportunity might not be the opportunity for you to step into. You know, 
if we're not making decisions in our lives that look weird to the world or even other Christians, <laughs> we probably need to evaluate what's going on. Believers on a mission are going to look a little crazy to most of the world. Just as the regimen of an Olympic athlete in training looks crazy to us, the discipline, the dedication, the rigorous, you know, things that they go through, the decisions they make. So what about your life? What indicates that you aren't living in this world or for this world? I should say, we're all living in it. But what indicates in your life that you're not living for this world? I just want to share with you um, a story of camping in Canada <laughs> to kind of illustrate this. Um, so when, when, our baby, when our kids were babies, we have three beautiful children. <laughs> They're applauding themselves. They're very humble. <laughs> When they, were, when they were babies in Canada, we uh, took our summer holidays and we went camping. And we went camping. We were, we were like, we're not glamping. We went tenting two weeks up in northern Alberta, okay? Northern Alberta, Canada with the mosquitoes and the black flies and the, and the <laughs> horse flies. Okay, they all bite you, just so you know. And we took our boat. We had a, a, a boat and we'd go fishing. So we'd even like, we're like, okay, we're going to catch our dinner as well. You know, so we'd take less food because we were going to catch our dinner. You know, we're going camping. <laughs> okay, so there's no, there was no running water. The kids are babies, right? They're in diapers. No run, we're in a tent, five of us, little tent. No running water, no electricity, no toilets, no showers. Just us, our gear, and the elements. Rough, dirty, exhausting, a lot of work. But we loved it. It was an adventure. You know, we also, we also loved coming home <laughs> after those two weeks of camping. I mean, I don't know if any of you have experienced this, but there's a few times in my life that the luxury of hot running water like overwhelms me with thankfulness. <laughs> You know, we're just a hot shower. It's like, oh, bless the Lord. <laughs> you know, it's amazing. I mean, so many people live like that on a daily basis. And so that just takes me even farther into that place of thankfulness. Right? The blessing of that hot shower. The blessing of those clean jammies. PJs. I don't know if you say jammies. Pajamas. And then... And then just falling into your clean, cozy, cushy bed with the big fluffy quilt. Best night's sleep ever. <laughs> Home. Amen? So the camping tri trip was a blast. Like, a blast. Full of adventure, exhaustion, work, and unforgettable memories. You know, but being home is some other kind of beautiful. <laughs> And it's the rough adventure that makes coming home so beautiful. You know, when, when we're camping, we know that the majority of our time is spent pursuing the adventure, right? We're not out there pursuing all the little luxuries because we know they're not out there. <laughs> um, we just, you know, round everyone up. We get our gear. 
And we get at it. We get on the road. We're in it to win it. Woo! (laughs) So life is like a camping trip. It's like a 80 to 120 year camping trip. (laughs) But it is. This world, guys, isn't our home. It's not our home. It's rough. It's dirty. It's grimy. It's a lot of work. It's exhausting. And it's an amazing adventure. It's the time that, you know, we spend in this adventure that's going to make going home so beautiful. To finally be able to cast off this flesh suit that we all deal with until we die. And to be able to be clothed with righteousness. To be able to fall into the arms of Jesus. Ah, It's awesome. Grace compels us to actively pursue the adventure. How? By denying ungodliness and worldly lusts by living soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, Titus 2, 11 and 12. Now I've talked about the doing of grace. We've touched on the gift of grace provided. We've talked about applying grace or the work or the doing, right, of grace. We've talked about the definition of grace as being a divine influence on our heart and a reflection in life. And we looked at Ephesians 2 and 10. Just going to go back there. Um, Sorry, give me a moment. Oh, it's on the screen. Praise God. (laughs) For we are God's workmanship, handiwork, recreated in Christ Jesus, born anew that we may do those good works which God predestined planned beforehand for us, taking paths which he prepared ahead of time that we should walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us to live. So we are created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we should walk in them. But wait a second, the the previous two verses, Ephesians 8 and 9, say that grace is a gift of God and that it's not by works. So so is grace works or is it not works? The Bible here, when it's talking about not by works, is talking about religion versus relationship. Okay? It's talking about works with the right motives. So doing the works mentality versus doing heart relationship. Doing, right, versus doing. Being busy versus being productive. Jesus said in John 5.19, I only do what I see my father doing. I only do what I see my father doing. Jesus lived completely surrendered to the mission, completely sold out, completely in love with the Father, eyes always fixed on him, completely our example. 
Ephesians 5 and 1 calls us to be imitators of Christ. That's one of my biggest prayers. God, I only want to do what I see you doing. I only want to say what I hear you saying. I want to love how I see you loving. So the doing of grace, the mission of grace, living godly to make disciples, is motivated by the love of God. Um, when I was between my second and third year of Bible college, we went to, we had the opportunity to go to England with my mom and stepdad to help them run their business that summer. And, you know, I, we had literally gone from, because we left the day after graduation, we'd literally gone from, you know, being in the Word four hours a day, five days a week, studying the Word to, uh, <laughs> Instantly, like, 14-hour days of work, barely enough time to shower and eat, you know? And as that kind of continued on, man, I started to beat myself up. I was, God, I'm, I miss you. I, I just, like, I don't, I, I haven't been spending any time in the Word. And, you know, I'm sorry. And I just, you know, I have a revelation of my identity in Christ and of grace, but I miss being in the Word of God, okay? And so when I was going through this with the father, he just, I just felt like Jesus just kind of laughed at me. I was like, what? <laughs> I just felt like he kind of laughed at me and just said, just trust what's in you and let's just hang out. Let's build our relationship. Let's build that love. So I spent that summer just trusting the word that was in me and just talking, just putting into practice that constant communication with the Father. And it was awesome. It was pivotal in my relationship with God. Pivotal in gaining a greater revelation of his love. Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, keep my commandments. And in John 15, 14, he said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. It sounds like a very one-sided friendship. <laughs> How many friends do you have that you go, you'll be my friend if you do what I say? <laughs> Not many. <laughs> but that's what Jesus said. He said, you are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. But then he said in verse 17, these things I command you, love one another. That's it. Just love one another. That's the command. That's the mission of grace, to love one another. The command is love. So how do we do the good works of grace? Motivated by the God kind of love. You know, in 1 Corinthians 13, it says, real love is not at all self-seeking. If you have truly received, truly received a revelation of grace in your life, and you're motivated by love, you will not desire to live to satisfy yourself. Amen. You won't. Because real love rejoices in the truth. It, re it endures. It patiently works out all things, and it never fails. Real love is grace, a.k.a. Jesus. Amen. Amen? So ask yourself, are you pursuing godliness? holiness, 
denying worldly desires in your life and seeking to only do what you see the Father doing? Are you letting grace teach you, guide you? Are you seeing grace as your teacher, as your life guide? Are you sold out to the mission of grace motivated by love? Grace has provided us the opportunity to really love and share it with the world. Titus 2, 11 and 12 says, For the remarkable, undeserved grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. It teaches us to reject ungodliness and worldly immoral desires and to live sensible, upright, and godly lives, lives with a purpose that reflect spiritual maturity in this present age. The grace of God compels us to live holy lives. It teaches us. It is the unearned, undeserved, unmerited favor of God, and it is a divine influence on the heart and a reflection in life. So we have to have that true revelation of grace that impacts the very core of our being, that our lives are a reflection of Jesus. A reflection of Jesus. When people see you, they see Jesus. Acts 11 and 23 again says, The grace of God causes us to cleave unto the Lord with purpose of heart. Grace is a revelation of your heart. And you are that reflection. People should notice it in action. That means to walk, you guys, it means to walk it out. The doing of grace. Like, like that athlete being dedicated and focused on the mission. Nothing else matters. Getting rid of every other little bulk, wrinkle, hindrance. I'm not telling you you have to go walk around in your underwear, but <laughs> getting rid of the bulk, the hindrances that are holding you back from being everything God has created you to be. Grace compels you to actively pursue the adventure. By denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. The doing of grace, the mission of grace, living godly to make disciples is motivated by God's kind of love. It's not doing, it's doing. It's doing. Grace has provided us the opportunity to really love. Just in closing, I want you to just think about, think about this. In Matthew 25 and 21, Jesus says, Well done, good and faithful servant. Well done, good and faithful servant. Is there anything more than to hear well done come from God's lips. Is there anything more? Not, not well said or well thought out, but well done. 
Grace provides, faith receives, and love acts. I just want to encourage all of us. I mean, God put this message on my heart because it's speaking huge to me in my life. And I pray that it has blessed you today also. Pursue the mission for your life to find your purpose for making disciples of Jesus. Pursue the adventure. Go for it. What have you got to lose? Jesus said, when you lose your life for my sake, you truly find it. It's out there for you to find. And this will involve the dedication of every aspect of your life. The commitment of every aspect of your life. But God has given you the grace to do it. Amen? Amen. Pray with me. Father, thank you for all that you have provided for us. Thank you for the cross, for the sacrifice of Jesus that has given unto us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Thank you that you teach us by your grace, that you guide us by your grace, that you show us how to live and show us how to love the world around us by your grace. Thank you, Father, for the mission of making disciples, the mission of grace. I just speak blessing life, health, and a greater revelation of grace over every single person in this room right now in Jesus' name. Fling open the doors of their hearts to fully receive all that you have for them. Just like Hazel said at the beginning, when she prayed from Coloss- when she when she spoke Colossians over the congregation there saying don't be taught don't be swayed by the traditions of men by the rudiments of this world don't let your preconceived ideas and religion what and, and from what you've come out of don't let that impact everything that God wants to give you and show you. Thank you, Jesus. You are so good. And we give you the highest, highest praises. Unto your name be all the praise and all the glory. God, the deepest prayer of our hearts and lives is that we would do and say and love as we see the Father doing and saying and loving. Thank you, Father. I just want to ask you all to stand to your feet.
Grace has provided everything that we need through the love of God because Jesus only did what he saw the Father doing. He didn't live his life for himself. And because of that, we have the grace of God. And some of you are believing for healing. Some of you are believing for provisions in your life. Some of you are believing for greater revelation of God's love, for greater revelation of God's grace. You're believing for the gifts of the Spirit. You're believing. Great. Jesus said, just believe. That's all we have to do. Just believe. Just believe and work it out. I just want to provide this opportunity and call the prayer ministers up to the front. For any of you that are needing prayer today, that are needing anything, any part of the abundant life that Christ has provided for you, God's word says where two or more are gathered in his name, he is there. And that he will do it to glorify his father. If you're believing for healing, if you're believing for finances, if you're believing for a greater revelation of God's love, anything, We're here to stand with you as brothers and sisters, as the body of Christ. We just want to invite you to come forward. Just right now, we want to invite you to come forward and receive everything that God has provided for you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for your word that impacts our hearts and lives, that changes the very core of our being. In you, we live and we move and we have our being. It's all about you, Jesus. And we thank you for the privilege of being able to be a part of what you're doing in this earth to live for your kingdom, to shine your light and your love. We thank you, Father, for this beautiful day. We thank you for this beautiful church. I thank you, Father, and speak just blessing, blessing over Pastor Kyle and Tina, blessing over this church, blessing over this body of believers that we will go forth and make disciples that this house will just be full and full and full, cup running over full. People hungry for your word. And we thank you that your signs and wonders follow us who believe. We thank you that grace has provided all of this and that grace provides us the strength, the vision for the mission and all we need to walk it out. Thank you, Jesus. World Changes Church Gold Coast can be found at Instagram at WCC Gold Coast and on Facebook 
at worldchangesgc. Or you can email us, send to info at worldchangeschurch.com.au. Enjoy the rest of your day and God bless.